0: The phrase, what a difference a day makes, has never been more applicable than in the Phillies series with the Dodgers, and thank goodness for yesterday, because the Phillies a wonderful, scary, come-from-behind win over the Dodgers, they take it 7-6, to six, splitting the series with the Dodgers, just uh, maybe the most excited I've ever been about a series split in my, uh, in my life. Watching that Phillies team in game one lose 16 to two, get absolutely embarrassed at home against a Dodgers team that had played, uh, that had not landed in Philly till four in the morning after playing the night game on Sunday, a sufficiently rest Phillies team comes out and lays a stinker. Then the next night would seem like it was going to be another heartbreaking loss, a ninth inning loss as the Phillies, Hector Neris gives up the lead in the ninth. A one-run lead ends up being eight to six, and then the Phillies in the bottom of the ninth storm back to walk it off. Bryce Harper's first walk-off hit as a Philadelphia affiliate. Two RBI double ended that one, and then they come back. Two nights ago, play a couple innings down one nothing. The rains come in. They're out for like a three-hour rain delay or whatever it was. Two hours plus. And then they lay a stinker, only getting two hits, losing 7-2. And then yesterday, they find some gumption. They find some toughness. And they battle back in a game where Aaron Nola didn't give his best ever. Nola's been so outstanding. Five straight starts prior to this one, only allowing one run or less, had been just absolutely awesome. But yesterday, didn't have his best stuff. But the team, able to band together, And have his back. We'll dive into it all here. This is Philly Stammeros, James Seltzer. It is Friday, July the 19th, as we head into the weekend, feeling just a little bit better about the Phillies after that win yesterday. Funny to think how how this has gone the last uh, week here after the All Star break, weeks worth of games at least. As, uh, you know, they lose two or three of the Nationals. They win the last one, though, with the walk-off, this homestand here. And then the 16-2, to as I you know, kind of chronicled the ups and the downs, what a crazy week of baseball it's been. And yet the Phillies now find themselves uh, coming through all of it and heading into an easier part of the schedule, which you're uh, pretty happy about. They have the Pirates, the Tigers, the Braves, and then it's still a little easier after that. The Pirates, Tigers here, five-game stretch. You feel, though on the road, pretty good about the Phillies Ability to potentially um, compete well in those series, you know, as uh, you do feel good about those opportunities. But um, the Phillies, luckily, able to split the series with the Dodgers. Just a, a big seven to six win yesterday. Back at two games above five hundred forty nine, forty seven on the season. As uh, again, just uh, yesterday was a really nice victory. And again, look, I, it's one of those things where. This team finds ways to lose games and drive you crazy, and then they also just have some of these. Excuse me, 50 and 27 on the season. I said 49 and 27. They're now 50 and 27 on the season, three games above 500. And uh, you know, this team has just had such an ability to to bounce back from some horrible losses and give you some really exciting wins, and and do just enough to pull you back in. They're staying right there in the second wild card race. We'll dive into that a little bit more later, looking at some of the matchups this weekend. For those involved, but um, the Phillies yesterday just another classic example of them, you know, making you feel like you're out. And this whole series a classic example of it. The the series before the two losses of the Nats and then they win the walk off. Um, really just a up and down season from start to bottom. And, and yesterday's game itself quite the up and down affair. The Phillies ultimately win at seven to six, but it was tense at times. The Phillies. Get out in front, one nothing in the first inning of Bryce Harper, sacrifice fly. But then in the second inning, the two guys who had killed them all game, Matt Beatty, he of the almost uh, crippling home run in, in game two of the series the Phillies came back from, the pinch hit home run. Homer's in the second, then Kiki Hernandez would homer right after him, back-to-back shots, 2-1 Dodgers. But then in the bottom half of the inning, Adam Hazley, a 400-foot first career home run for the kid Really awesome to see. He was jacked up about it as well. He should be a big homer for the team as the Phillies would tie it at two. Then in the third, the next inning, a JT Romuto sacrifice fly makes it three to two. And then those guys again, Kiki Hernandez, a two-run homer with Will B- uh, Matt Beatty on uh, base, four to three Dodgers. Then it would be five three, another Hernandez, single-scoring Beatty the next, uh, in the sixth inning. And now the Phillies down two in the seventh. You're feeling like, Again, you, you know you just don't feel like they're gonna find a way to to make it happen, and all of a sudden they get a little something going against the Dodgers. Penny, uh, Roman Quinn, and Adam Hazley get on base. Hazley gets on base. Then Quinn gets on base. Uh, Gene Segura singles Hazley home. Bryce Harper singles Quinn home, who kind of scored on an error by Bellinger. Uh, Might have scored anyway, but scores on the error. And then Reese Hoskins steps to the plate, and it's like a, just like almost just an off the bat nib like bouncer to to down the first baseline. And because of the shift, because of how they were playing, Hoskins, uh, the first baseman had no chance to get to the ball in time, and it bounces into right field, a two run single that ultimately would be the winning runs, as they needed both of them. As in the ninth, Hector Naris made it a little scary. Adam Morgan, a clean eighth. Shout out to Adam Morgan. Uh, in the ninth, Naris comes on. Obviously, uh, Naris suspended three games for throwing at um, at uh, David Freeze earlier in this series. Obviously, not serving that suspension yet or anything. Um, see if he appeals it, how that goes. But ultimately, Naris comes in, gets the first two outs, you're feeling good, and then Alex Verdugo steps to the plate and just gets a hold of one, an opposite field bomb off Hector, and you are just sitting there saying, nope, not again, Hector, we can't do this again, I can't, I can't handle it, My, I, I just, I can't do this again, Hector Neris, next at bat, a deep fly ball to right field, it's looking like, oh no, and luckily, Warning track power, not out of the park power. Bryce Harper and Scott Gary almost collide, giving you another scare, but Harper ultimately catches the ball, seals the victory. For your Philadelphia Phillies, just a, a much-needed, much-needed victory. We uh, Again, you, you came into this series. The frustrating thing was I, I originally came into this stretch of seven games, a homestand, no less, granted against two very good teams and said, the Phillies need to win four of seven. They need to win two of three from the Nationals and split with the Dodgers because you can't expect them to do anything more against the best team in baseball, especially the way the Phillies have been playing. And ultimately, they split with the Dodgers, which is impressive. Uh, even at home, you're impressed with that. Um, but obviously, the National series didn't go the way they wanted. So close to winning the series, losing that second game on the one, Soto Homer in the ninth, really a killer. Naris just having a rough go of it since, uh, since the All-Star game so far. So... Uh, the Phillies need help, and, and we saw it again. Look, today, uh, amazing that they won a game when Aaron Nola didn't pitch well. That has been the, the kind of one starting pitcher they've been able to count on over the last few weeks uh, really longer has been Aaron Nola, and Nola just unable to give it to them yesterday, but they picked him back up, able to fight tooth and nail. The pen, um, not horrendous. You know, the pen got, uh, got the job done enough. Uh, a couple chinks in the armor as you go. Aaron Nola goes uh, – goes five allows four earned runs uh fernando salas who is brought back to the majors uh as uh, as adam morgan uh, excuse me not adam morgan Geez, austin davis that other lefty was sent down uh salas gives him point to uh thirds of an inning and uh allows a run of course but ranger suarez comes in does a little nice fergan inning and a third morgan a nice cleaning and then hector Neris, A scary ninth, but ultimately procures his 18th save of the season. Ranger Suarez gets the second win of the week, now 2-0 in the season, uh, doing some nice relief work for the Phillies. But ultimately, again, just a uh, massive win. A massive win for a team that needed a massive win here, a team that, look, it's already been an up-and-down week. We've had people not hustling. We've had a 16-2 loss. It has just been... A roller coaster. I, I don't know how to, else to put it other than say this team, even just in the week after the All Star break, has been a, a roller coaster so far. You hope that heading to Pittsburgh, heading to Detroit, will give them a chance to play a team of inferior talent and hopefully maybe get on the track and start to win some series again, win some games as the Mets seem to be the only team they've been able to beat in a series over uh, the last little while coming up later we'll look at uh, the matchup with the uh, Pirates coming up this weekend as well as where some of the other uh, contending teams in the NL uh, will be playing this weekend a quick look at the schedule also uh, coming up uh, in just a minute we'll look at uh, Hall of Fame class this weekend it's Hall of Fame weekend it's one of our own going to Hall of Fame but also quickly just wanted to mention uh, I don't know how other people felt. I know that a lot of people who watched on their computers had issues with lag time and um buffering and all that type of stuff but i watched the youtube broadcast on my television because i'm able to watch youtube on on my smart tv and it was a great broadcast for me i mean the announcing was whatever i thought ben davis did a good job but um i I thought it it worked for me I, i enjoyed the less commercials it was all baseball stuff i enjoyed the longer looks into the dugout and all that Um, but I understand if you're watching on your computer and you're getting lag time and all that, which I saw a lot of people have, um, that sucks and that's a bummer and and totally not worth it. But for me, at least the YouTube broadcast was, was neat. It was different. It was cool to see, especially see the pitchers go into the dugout and high five and kind of just that little bit more access in between innings, which is always fun to see in, in any situation. I'd rather see that than commercials. So for me, it worked, but I understand for a lot of people, it didn't. All right, coming up. We will look at to uh, to what the Phillies have coming up, what the rest of the NL contenders have coming up, and, and as I mentioned, we'll talk a little Hall of Fame as uh, Hall of Fame weekend only happens once a year, and uh, one of our own going in. So all that and more coming up in just a minute. Philly really stage James Seltzer. We're coming right back. We are back. Phillies today. James Seltzer coming up. We will look at to what's coming up this weekend for the Phillies and the National League. But first, um, quick notes about the Hall of Fame this weekend. As you know, if you are a baseball fan of a, a certain age, I am. 37 and uh, I'm sure anyone older and certainly some younger as well grew up with a, a Hall of Fame that really it was a real big important part of baseball being a Hall of Fame really mattered and um, I, I know that that that's kind of changed a little bit over the past few years The the voting issues the fact that certain people aren't in the Hall of Fame philosophical issues about those things and I'll get to because I do have a, a, a rant Per se, that I generally do around this time of year, but um, I I, I do think that this year, when you look at the class, it it should be honored because outside of the veterans committee uh, or whatever uh, additions of Harold Baines and Lee Smith, which you know, I don't think either is Hall of Famer. Harold Baines is clearly not a Hall of Famer. I mean, that's just uh, he's probably the least qualified person to have been elected into the Hall of Fame. Period. Uh, That's bad, but at the same time, you know, he wasn't voted in, uh, and Lee Smith. You know, people have different philosophies on closers and their viability for, as Hall of Famers, and um, we're going to talk about one who I think absolutely does deserve to be an Hall of Fame. but for me, Lee Smith, not a Hall of Famer. But uh, regardless, uh, looking at the four guys who were actually voted in this year, I think really an unbelievably worthy class, and, and I do like to, you know, I want to honor those guys and, and just to, uh, shine a light on some of those achievements before I do my rant coming up. But first, um, you know, four really worthy candidates, and, and of course we'll start with, the hometown one, the the you know tragic loss for for all of us, and and obviously a lot more for the family and the Phillies family, his own family. But um, you know Roy Halladay, uh, the fact that he won't be there this weekend to accept the Hall of Fame um a, a plaque and do the speech is, is really uh, just so sad uh, and a tragedy. But it is really great to see his career be honored uh, immediately. You know the first opportunity. Uh, it was given uh, on 85% of the ballots, probably deserved to be on more. There's no question. Roy Halladay was a Hall of Famer. We saw it firsthand. We saw that dude come here, and with his first chance to go to the playoffs, he pitched a perfect game. We saw him pitch a perfect game, and then in the playoffs, the first opportunity he got in his long, illustrious career to that point, someone who had already won a Cy Young and would win one that year as well, um, in his first chance, first time he got handed the ball in, the, uh, in a, a major league playoff game, he went out and threw a no-hitter. One of only two in the history of the playoffs. Like He was that type of dude. He was amazing, and he was awesome to watch. Two-time Say Young Award winner, obviously, in the A.O. with the Blue Jays in 3 And then the Phillies in 2010, again, uh, one of only two uh, pitchers in history to throw a postseason no-hitter, which is also crazy. Uh, He's only one of uh, six modern-era pitchers with at least 200 wins. He had 203 uh, while also having a career-winning percentage of at least 650. His was 659. So... Um, Absolutely no question. Roy Halladay, uh, you know, obviously the career was not as long as some others. Um, The win total, which I, you know, I'm not a big pitcher wins guy as a stat that I think matters that much. There are so many variables. I mean, Roy Halladay played on a a bad offensive Blue Jays team in the toughest division in baseball at the time. It was the toughest it's maybe ever been, at least in this format, for sure, with the Reds and the Yankees, uh, Red Sox and Yankees just being awesome and the Rays being awesome later. Um, Really just a tough draw for a guy like Halladay and, and just what he did was amazing. No doubt about it, Stone Cold, definitive Hall of Famer for me, one of the best pitchers of his era, no question, and certainly one of the best to come through our city here in Philadelphia, um, no question, and and one of the best uh, of our lifetimes. Um, so I think just in terms of pure dominance, I think his 2010 season, probably the best Phillies pitching season of my lifetime. Um, again, 37 years old. Um, I, you know, I, I was, uh, not in terms of at least what I remember. I don't remember Carlton. I was too young for, for Carlton. Obviously Hamels had some great seasons. Schilling had some amazing seasons, but that season of holiday in 2010, when you put it all together, I think probably the best that I've seen a, a Phillies pitcher, uh, have. All right. Uh, obviously, uh, the, uh, I think other than holiday for us, certainly Philadelphia, but the kind of headline name of the class, this year in the hall of fame the first ever unanimous selection which is a whole nother rant just the idea that that people didn't vote for people on the first ballot because uh they didn't think like if babe ruth wasn't a unanimous selection no one should be or whatever that stupid logic is like either they're a hall of famer or they're not i I think that is so dumb the fact that we've never had a unanimous vote until now the fact that thank goodness mariano rivera was a unanimous vote because he should be but um, hopefully that's a sign that things are starting to change here. But for the first time ever, every single voter voted that Mariano Rivera should be in the Hall of Fame. And, and they're darn right he should be. 652 saves, the most all time. A unbelievable .7 ERA in 141 postseason appearances. It's the lower, lowest of any pitcher with at least 30 appearances in the postseason. How insane is that? Um, and he obviously uh, recorded the final out of four different World Series. A uh, the best closer in the history of baseball, the best reliever in the history of baseball, the most dominating guy I've ever seen. Just made you feel helpless if your team was going up against him in the late innings. Um, obviously, there there are the the two moments, uh, three actually, where he didn't get it done that stand out in the postseason. The Sandy Alomar home run in '97, which doesn't get talked about as much because obviously not the World Series or a bigger stage. Obviously, we all remember the 01 Luis Gonzalez hit. Um, The first time it really felt like he had been fallible on a big stage. And then, of course, the Red Sox series, uh, where they got to him a couple times in 04, But ultimately, really just the most lockdown thing you could ever have in the biggest of moments. And um, just uh, an amazing, amazing, amazing pitcher to watch. Deservedly the first unanimous. But there should have been unanimous before. Uh, All right, Edgar Martinez took such a long time. but Man, did this guy deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I know that there was the whole, you know, well, he DH for most of his career thing which he did and that's a fair argument i get it but at the same time like what this guy did uh, offensively he's just a hall of famer and the dh is part of the game and you you either like it or hate it i get but edgar martinez he's only one of 10 players in major league history with 300 or more homers 500 or more doubles and a thousand plus walks and an average over 300 and an on base over 400 he has a career on base percentage of over 400 i mean think about that he has a 418 career on base percentage how insane is that? He is a three twelve career hitter. Three twelve. He is just an all time great hitter. Absolutely, in my book, a uh, a Hall of Famer. Really, when you just look at the numbers and, and really break it down, he uh, walked more in his career than he struck out. Twelve eighty three walks. Twelve oh two strikeouts. It's pretty great. Pretty great. I'm really happy Edgar got in. One of those controversial cases was on the bout for a long time. Finally getting over them. Shout out to Ryan Spader, a a big influence, helping putting that case out there and showing people how great Edgar was. Um, Awesome. Awesome that Edgar's getting in. Then Finally, another guy who I think has deserved to be in uh, and kind of never looked at the right way, but Mike Mussina, Moose, finally getting in. Uh, 270 wins, career, tied for the 33rd most of all time, and the most... By any pitcher who debuted in 1990 or later, that's an interesting stat. Um, He is uh, someone who I think is just historically underrated, someone who really um, was a different kind of pitcher in a different time, pitched in a tough division. Another one of those guys played for the Orioles for a while when those Red Sox and Yankees teams were great, Uh, pitched great in the postseason when given the opportunity, obviously part of some great Yankees teams as well. Mussina, I think, uh, an underrated historically uh, pitcher, and uh, I think all-famer um, again. 200. I'm not a big wins guy, but 270 wins in this era is a really impressive number. Speaks to the longevity. So um, I, I just think it's a great class, and I think all these guys deserve it. Now to the rant part of this thing before we look at it to this weekend. It's so ridiculous that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and guys like that aren't in the Hall of Fame. I understand that some people have moral issues against the cheating and all that. But the issue with that is that we have no idea who didn't do it and didn't do it. I guarantee there are guys who are already in the Hall of Fame who use steroids. There are Hall of Famers who have admitted to using greenies. It's, uh, you know, the the, uh, stimulants. Like, it's stupid. This is stupid. Barry Bonds was the greatest hitter I've ever seen in my life ever. He's a Hall of Famer. Roger Clemens won seven Cy Youngs or six Cy Youngs. Like, How is that guy not in the Hall of Fame? The Hall of Fame is a museum that is there to tell the story of the history of baseball. If you want to put on Barry Bonds' plaque, hey, suspected of steroids, fine. I got no problem with that. But his plaque should be there. He deserved it. He was a better player. And again, they could all been on steroids for all we know. I've heard people say they thought 90% of the league was on steroids at one point or another. And I'm sure that's a high inflated number, but there's no question that we didn't know who did and didn't do it. And Bonds, for what it's worth, did it at a time where there wasn't a rule against it. So I, I, I just, I hate the moral justification of, of trying to say oh well this guy didn't do it but uh, uh this guy didn't do it because there's no evidence he did it but but this guy definitely did like how do we know who do we know I, look i it seems pretty clear what bonds did i'm not saying he, t- he didn't take steroids it seems like he did i'm just saying we don't know who did and who didn't you can only judge the error for what it is and the numbers that we have and what we saw and barry bonds is the best hitter i ever saw and i think it's silly that he's not in the hall of fame okay let's look ahead to the weekend done ranting Shout out to the Hall of Fame classes here. I think it's a really nice class. Okay, Uh, big weekend here as the Phillies and the Pirates coming up. Uh, We will look at that one sec first. A quick look at what else is going on this weekend around the National League. Teams that are contending, the Colorado Rockies have just been falling apart. Uh, They are in New York against the Yankees. That fall could could continue. That will be interesting to see if they continue to fall out. uh, Padres, same thing. In Chicago against the Cubs, similar type of thing. It will be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, Looking at some of the other contenders, the cardinals in cincinnati the cardinals right there with the phillies that's uh you hope the reds can kind of hang in that as the reds actually have played good baseball uh good enough they're only five back i believe at the moment um a team that's played the best baseball in the league the giants the giants somehow only two and a half back or three back in the wild card it's unbelievable all they do is keep winning games they have been on a absolute tear they host the mets in san francisco so They might keep winning. Uh, Interesting series, two teams that are in it. You like to see these teams face each other. Milwaukee at Arizona, so that'll be an interesting one as well. And then the Nationals and the Braves face each other, so let them beat up on each other. That would be good as well. All right, let's uh, let's look ahead to this series against the Pirates as the Phillies really need to find a way to win some baseball games here. This is a must two of three. You want them to sweep. Sweep would be best, but they have to win two of three. They cannot lose this series. This is massive. I really mean it. Uh, tonight, Jake Arietta takes on Jordan Lyles. Lyles uh, had a nice start to the season. Has faded, since some injuries. You hope that's a nice matchup. Saturday, Zach Eflin against Trevor Williams. Williams, similar type of thing. Started out well. Got hurt. Has not pitched nearly as well. And then vince velasquez sadly on sunday against joe musgrove musgrove a nice young pitcher has been up or down so look these are not guys um you don't feel good with any of these pitchers taking the though for the phillies obviously arietta uh Eflin has been just bad lately and then of course velasquez is the worst but jordan lyle's trevor williams trevor williams uh these guys are not a murderer's row of pitchers you know joe musgrove they can beat that guy so No excuses. This Phillies team has to take two of three, and honestly, I really would love to see them sweep this series, but for now, two of three will be okay, and I'll accept it. So uh, fingers crossed, because they have to. This is such a massive series here. They just need to show that they can take advantage of teams. They've had a tough schedule for a little bit here, obviously, especially after the break. It's time to take advantage of some teams that they're better than that. I know they've struggled against the Marlins and stuff like that, so big series here in Pittsburgh. They need to show us that... They can start to put things together and start to use this mojo from yesterday's win and the couple nice things he did against the Dodgers and start to move it forward. So either way, we'll be back to break it down, talk about it all on Monday. So until then, have a wonderful weekend, and thank you for listening to Phillies today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network.